Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to be reading from 2 Kings. You can remain seated. We're going to be reading from 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, verses uh, 1 and 2. I just want to uh, speak to us a little bit here today uh, concerning uh, raising uh, our children. And uh, Elizabeth and I had the distinct honor, privilege of raising four. Well, she raised four kids. I kind of hung around, watched. And uh, I have uh, always been so thankful uh, for my my wife. And uh, I think she's the greatest mother that has ever lived on the planet. And I want to tell you that moms have an unbelievable impact in the lives of their children. Incredible impact. And we're going to be dedicating... uh, Timothy today. Uh, Timothy's on his way. Um, he, he's only a few months old, and so he's, he doesn't drive very fast. Uh, he's a little slower in traffic. The West Palm traffic makes him nervous. But uh, Jasmine, of course, uh, being a girl, didn't have a problem whizzing through the traffic and, uh, and sort of fading into a parking spot here at the campus. We are honored to be able to um, dedicate Jasmine. And, of course, uh, Mom, as we said a few moments ago, this this really isn't about – now, which one's Mom? I know sometimes Mom doesn't always hold the child. Okay, I got Mom. And uh, baby dedications are actually not so much necessary um, about – in this case, about Jasmine, but probably more so, um, Mom, it would be you, Chantel, I believe. Is, is that right? And uh, it's, really, it's really about you and what you're doing today before the Lord, what you're asking of him and what you're saying to him. And uh, so I want to hopefully give us just a little bit of insight into God's word today. That will help you raise that precious little girl uh, in uh, a generation that we know is very difficult uh, to raise children to serve God and to love him and to be able to take a stand and be um, strong with all of the peer pressures that come against our children in every Absolutely every stage of life. So in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, the word of the Lord says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. So here is this woman of God standing before Elijah um, and talking to Elijah about her husband who served the ministry and served God. My husband is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant... Dear, f- did fear the Lord, 
And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elijah said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thine house? And she said, thy handmaiden hath not anything in the house, save or except a pot of oil. And I just want to uh, let mom know today, Chantel, you don't have to have the things of this world to raise Jasmine in the fear and admonition of God. God's spirit is what you need. And we're going to talk about that here a little bit today. Father, I pray that as we progress in this message, God, that you have given to be delivered today, that our understanding will somehow grasp the concepts that you have come to speak to our hearts and our minds here this morning. Father, it is eternally important how we raise our children. We need your help. We cannot do this without you. Not in this world, Lord. We need your strength. We need your guidance, your wisdom, your spirit, your power. And we've come today to say to you, Jesus, that we will do our best to do our part. And then we place everything else upon you, Lord. To do those things that we cannot. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the prophet, he asked the wife of this godly man who is now deceased. Her husband, her provider, her protector. She comes to him and she says that you know my husband served the Lord. So I come to you for guidance, for help in a time of need. And I want to reach in here and just say today that we have uh, many times, many situations where the dads are not involved in raising the children. And if we're not careful, this can give us a mother a sense of hopelessness, helplessness. But I want to tell the moms that may find themselves in a position to where you're raising your child by yourself. I want to tell you that the Bible says he will be a father to the fatherless. 
he will step in and he will help you. Now, that doesn't glorify the situation. We know that biblically, the ideal situation is for mom and dad to be together and raising the child. We understand that. But we also understand we live in a real world. And in the 21st century, it's a disastrous place to be in many, in many ways. And um, that, I, you know, I wish, I don't know the percentage. I know it's over 50% of marriages are ending up in the divorces. But many children come into conception and born in the world where there never was a marriage. And I know the percentage is uh, pretty high. Um, that there are children being raised without husbands, uh, without fathers, and way above the 50% uh, mark. So it is relevant and important that we understand that God will step into your situation and He will help you and He will give you what you need to raise that child. And if in a few years down the road, one of those items happens to be a God-fearing, God-loving husband. Well, he'll give you that too. But if not, he'll give you the strength, the wisdom, the ability. He will provide. He will protect. He will lead. He will guide. And he will help you raise that young girl or young boy so that they will know the Lord. Today we have hurting mothers, we have uh, disenfranchised, if you please, uh, fathers and abusive situations and all kinds of reasons. And so we just want to encourage here today. We also have the Sarahs and the Hagars and the Isaacs and the Ishmaels. In other words, situations that are just so complex and convoluted and so mixed up today. You know, by the time a young woman, or a mother or, or a, a couple, sometimes by the time they, they come to know God, there's, there's her children and here and his and then theirs when they come together and or just all kinds of situations. But, you know, I've come to let us know, encourage us that there is no situation that God cannot intervene in. There's no condition that you find yourself in as a mother or a father or a family trying to raise children in this world that God cannot step into if you will let him do so and take the reins of that situation and give you the wisdom and the knowledge to raise that child up. And out of what seems to be a hopelessness will come a young man and a young lady who stands in the midst of a generation who has turned their back on God. But they will stand strong and proclaim this gospel and proclaim salvation unto the lost. That's the kind of God we serve. Do you believe that? I do. We've ever needed God before. We sure do need him now. We need to bring God into our family. I, I want to tell you, I only hope for our children. I only hope, uh, Chantel, for Jasmine, is that your home become a godly home. Because we know that when we send them out, right, 
We send them out to the wolves, the Bible says. He says, you're like sheep walking amongst wolves. And our children go out into a, an educational system. I don't, even, I don't even have to go into the details of that, of, of what our government has done to our educational system. And they have removed God and replaced him with, I, I don't know what they call it. Uh, for some reason, they think our, th our third graders need to have sex education. And they have replaced God with, uh, instead of creation, evolution. And, and uh, it just goes on and on and on. So we know that when our children walk onto that campus, if you do not have the ability or privilege to homeschooling, uh, then when they walk on that campus, they are being uh, they are being confronted continuously. They are being bombarded every time they walk out the door into the neighborhood. They're being bombarded everywhere as we go. You turn on that little thing, that little box they call a television. You better be careful what your young girl and young boy is sitting and watching because I'm telling you, Hollywood. It's programming our children to accept immorality as though it is normal. As though it is normal. And so we have to guard the minds of our kids and guard their spirits. We have to watch over them, where they go, what they're doing, what are they hearing, what are they listening to, what are they watching. And then when they come home, uh, when they come home, Chantel, when little Jasmine makes her way back, she comes home. It needs to be a haven. It needs to be a place of safety. It needs to be when they walk through the door, they feel the presence of God. They hear godly music. They see godly actions from mom and dad. If dad's not around, they see a godly mother that knows how to get on her knees and cry out to God and get a hold of him and bring the power of the Lord into the home. It's our only hope for our children is if this kind of an atmosphere exists when they finally make it back into the house of God. And you say, but is it enough? I'm here to tell you it is enough. I'm here to tell you that a little bit of God can overcome a whole lot of, a whole lot of devil. I'm here to tell you that a little bit of God can overcome a whole lot of sin and a whole lot of temptation. Moses' mom only had him till uh, history tells us potentially five years old, but you know maybe only three until Pharaoh got Moses, raised him up in the house of Pharaoh, trained him all of the ways of Egypt, learned how to pray to their false gods. He learned their, uh, their maths and astrologies and uh, astronomy and all of these different things that were taught by the Egyptians. And, but the word says when Moses turned 40 years old that he chose the ways and the path of God, even though it meant affliction rather than the ways of the world. Why? Because mom had an opportunity to put something in him that stayed in him. I want to encourage you, mom. I want to encourage you, dad. Every chance you get, put a little bit of God in them because it will work and it will help and it will deliver and it will keep them and they will make it if we'll do what we can. You know, the creditor, the Bible says the creditor came to the door and uh, we always look at the creditor as this really horrible person. And it must be the devil, right? No, the Bible calls him a creditor. That means that her husband and her 
were in debt. That's what that means. There were people that were coming to her who had a legitimate right, a, a legitimate access to her children. It was the law of the day. If you, uh, if you were in debt and you wouldn't pay the debt, the creditor had the right to come and take your children and to put them to work until that debt was paid off. This wasn't an evil man. He actually had a right to do this. And so I want to I want to let you know that we uh, we live in a world that is of a fallen generation, a fallen nature. And uh, our children are raised uh, with a fallen nature on the inside of them. Uh, I believe it was David that said I was I was born in iniquity uh, and I was and I was or born in sin and shapen in Iniquity, the word of the Lord says. And so we live in this ungodly world. But that woman was not going to accept the fact that the creditor had a right to her children. She called on God. I'm not just going to accept that my children are born in sin and shapen in iniquity. I'm not going to just accept that we're of a fallen nature. I've heard a voice of hope that if I can get a hold of God, God can make a difference. He can change their life, change their desires, change their hopes and aspirations. If I can bring his power and his anointing into my home, I don't have to accept the things of this world and the natural course of humanity, which is death and hell. I can change that course by getting a hold of God and crying out to the Lord. And so, Mom, I tell you today, I say Chantel today, don't accept that. Don't accept what the devil wants to tell you. I have a right to your daughter. She was born in sin, shaping in iniquity. I have a right to her. Don't you accept that. Don't accept it when government comes and says, I have a right to her. Don't you accept that. Don't accept it when the things of this world try to latch onto her. No, you you put up a barrier called the shield of faith, the, the, the breastplate of righteousness, and you say, I have pleaded the blood over my children, and you do not have a right to them. I will not let you have them. They belong to God. Oh, let's worship the Lord. The Lord is good. He is good. Amen. And so I know that we, we owe a debt, and there is a debt to be paid because of our sin. But I am so thankful that the Bible tells us that someone paid that debt for me so that me and my children would owe nothing to the creditor, nothing to the world who wants our children. We owe them nothing because Jesus paid the debt. Somebody say Jesus paid the debt. Now the prophet turned to the mother and he asked her a question. What do you have in your house to pay the creditor? And she responds to him, well, I, I don't have uh, anything at all. In fact, the only thing that 
I do have is just a little bit of oil. I can't afford to pay my debt. Well, the prophet understanding Elijah, understanding what the oil represented. It represented the power of God. It represented the spirit of God. Remember how this woman started out this conversation. Prophet, man of God, Elijah, you know that my husband was of the sons of the prophets. You know that he served God and he served you. You know that he walked with God. What do you have in your house? I only have a little oil. I've come to tell you today, you got more in your home than you can imagine if you are walking with God. There's more power in your house than you could ever phantom if you are walking with God. Don't you let that devil convince you that he has power over your home. Well, I, I just started out. It's just a little oil. I'm here to tell you, a little oil is a lot more than a whole lot of devil. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. When she opened up her mouth and she said, Well, uh, thy handmaiden, I have just a little bit of oil in my home. I want to tell you the prophet got excited. Well, I don't have a whole lot to offer. I just started serving God. Oh, that makes me excited. I don't have a whole lot to offer, but I do pray. That makes me excited. I don't have a whole lot to offer, but I've covered my children in the blood of Jesus Christ. That makes me excited because now I know you've got everything in your home that it takes to raise that young lady, to raise that young man so that he can serve God and walk with God. And obey the ways of God and the things of God. You have it in your home. If you brought some God in your home, you got everything you need. And Chantel, I know you've done it. I watched you do it right here in this altar. And I know you brought it from this altar and you brought it to your house. And now it's in your home and God abides there. And you got everything you need to raise that little Jasmine to honor and love God and to serve him. Will we bless him together in Jesus' name? The prophet was able to use what she already had in the house. He said to her, he said, I want you to go and I want you to borrow abroad as many vessels as you can acquire. Now, it's interesting that he told her to go and borrow vessels, uh, but not the oil. He didn't say go borrow oil. He said go get vessels. You see, the fact is, is that you can't borrow someone else's oil. We learned that lesson from uh, the five foolish versions when they tried to get a little oil for their lamps. You remember that story Jesus told in the book of Matthew? And they, they looked at them and they said, uh, no, you, we're not. You can't borrow our oil. You have to go get your own oil. And so this is something we cannot borrow. This is something I would not be able to give you. If you were here today, Chantel, one of the dedicated little jasmine, and you had never given your heart to God or a desire to serve God, I wouldn't be able to walk over here and scoop up a little God and put it in your hands and say, now go home and raise this young girl and God's going to help you. I wouldn't have the ability to do that. Nobody here could do it at all. 
But because you came already and you reached out and go got a hold of a little God yourself, I tell you something you can do. You can go out and borrow vessels. You know what that means? That means you can turn to a brother and sister and say, I need your help. I need some guidance. I need some strength. I need somebody to lift my family up in prayer. I'm so thankful I belong to the family of God. When everything's going wrong, I've got somebody I can turn to. I got someone I can confide in. I got someone I can call up and say, hey, I need some prayer. I need some help. Can't boil the oil, but we can boil the vessels. We can go out and reach for uh, one another. And so the word of the Lord says she went out and she got these vessels and she began to uh, pour out of the smaller vessel. And as she poured out of her smaller vessel into the other vessels, the word says the oil, it, it kind of just kept pouring and then it would fill up that vessel and she'd go to another vessel and the oil just kind of kept pouring. She filled that one up and she went to another one and the word of the Lord said until all of the vessels were filled. Now Chantel, Mama, I want to encourage you because I want to tell you as moms and dads, there comes times in our life that we say uh, to ourselves, I just don't have enough oil to pour out. I don't know if I have it in me to put into uh, my children, to, to do for her uh, what needs to be done to raise her. And we feel weak sometimes. But I've come to tell you that if you'll just pull the little bit you got, God will make sure it just keeps on flowing. It'll never run out. It'll, you'll fill up her vessel at every stage of life. You'll fill her up right now. And then she starts school and you say, I'm not sure. That's a brand new vessel. That's okay. The oil in you, it'll fill that one up as well. And then she graduates, makes her way to college. And a brand new vessel, I don't know. That's okay, Mom. That little oil in you, it'll fill that vessel up as well. And then she finds that, that you know, that Prince Charming that comes and sweeps her off her feet and, and before you had the chance, you know, to shoot him. And she gets him and goes to take him away. And so you get a little nervous. And, oh, that's all right, Mom. You haven't lost her. Pour into her life uh, about what it means uh, to raise her children when she has them. And, and the cycle just continues. I've come to tell you, Chantel, today, you have everything in you. You need to fulfill her life in every stage, on every level, so that she serves God and lives eternally with Jesus Christ in heaven. Amen. Amen. So if we pour out the oil in our home, God will surely fill our children up with his power and with his presence.